Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. With me to Ephesians chapter 6. God wants us to stay, for us to stay in the place to where we stay with Him. Can you say amen? If we stay in, in this place where we are ready for what God has for us, we'll be able to engage with God in every step of the way. It says here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Say His might. His might. See, you are to be strong in His might. What happens is in the church is we get religious and think, well, I've been in this long enough. I know what I'm doing now. That's like the first error you can ever have. If you lose your dependence upon God, you've now become prideful. Right? That's a good time to say amen. Sure is quiet, this Presbyterian church. So what happens is this. If we put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the trickiness or the cunning craftiness of the devil... For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, we are in a place right now, folks, where we have to stay in the armor of the Lord and we have to take up the whole armor of the Lord so that way we are not tricked by the cunningness or the craftiness of the enemy, and we fall into our own human reason. Can I tell you what happens when you fall into your own human reason? You try to do things in and of yourselves. Can I tell you any oath that you take other than your covenant oath to your wife and to God is actually an oath that's of sin? Because if I take anything that says to make no other gods before us, I'm not to swear to anything else. I'm not to go to anything else. I'm to make my covenant with him and him alone. AC, can you say amen? So that means that when we come together in this, I'm going to continually go up this mountain. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him and he will direct my path. So the things of what we once did are now gone and done. So we now have to understand that we are in this new season, and God wants His church to be ready. He wants His church to be not only ready, but prepared. Because when we understand that God's called the church to be prepared, then we understand then that no matter what happens, the Lord is going to continually show me the way. He's going to show me the way. He's going to teach me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. And He's going to continually show me what is to come. Amen? Let's go to Joshua chapter 24. Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for what you have in store for us. I pray that you give us ears to hear. I pray that you give us eyes to see. I pray that you give us understanding for what we've not understood before. And Lord, that we just become alive and awakened unto what you are saying to the church today in Jesus' name. Now, we're going to start this new series. The new series is called Choices. How many of y'all know that you all have a choice? You all have a choice every day, what you're going to do. Do you know that, the, that nowadays that the average person has between uh, 700 and 1,200 choices they have to make in a day. The average person does. And what happens is they're overwhelmed with choices. And so they literally are, are so, so overwhelmed that some have gone into major control. They try to control everything. Others have given up and said whatever, and others are on the, on the, uh, the, the, the wheel where the the mouse wheel, what's it, what, you call, what's it, what do you call that? The what? Hamster wheel, yes. They're on that hamster wheel where they're still trying to run and make it happen. But see, in the kingdom of God, we have understanding. Look at your neighbor and say, you have understanding. So because you have understanding, you need to realize that, folks, there's things that you realize that you don't need to make those choices on. Can I tell you something that what has happened today is that people are so overwhelmed with choices because they're like, what do I do this? What do I do that? They become confounded in their own minds. They become confused in their own minds and they don't know what to do. And so we have to break things down into making it absolutely the level of importance of what is most important. That is Jesus. Jesus is the most important person we will ever have in our lives. When I focus on Jesus and Him alone, all these other choices that some are smokescreens, some are rabbit trails, some are distractions, all of those other things begin to fall away and the ones that are left are the ones that I actually need to make. Can you say amen? 
A young man wanting to find a wife. What's he going to do? He's got all these, he's looking, he's like, I got, I don't have so much time. I'm getting older. I'm getting older. And you're like, dude, you're 25. You're good. Right? I mean, I, I get it. I was 28 when I got married. At 25, I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get married. Every young man goes through it. But what happens is, is that when we understand that the Lord is in control of our lives, He is one that's, that's literally, He has made a way for us. So when I commit my works to the Lord, let my thoughts be established, my plans be established, when I commit myself to Him, He's going to be the one to lead me. He's going to be the one to guide me. He's going to be the one to take me there. So Joshua 24, Joshua has now led the children of Israel through the promised land. They crossed the Jordan. They went through the promised land. They're now in a place where they've taken the lands. They've taken all of the different lands that they were supposed to take. They had a promised land that was given to them. Moses had to stay back because Moses couldn't go on into the promised land. But Joshua did. Joshua, the son of Nun, took them on into the promised land. He had stayed in the tent of meeting and what took place when he was in the tent of meeting was he had stayed there and was being prepared for what God had in store for him. Some of you need to realize that in those times where the presence of God comes, don't rush out there to talk to people. Stay here where you can get in that place where the presence of God is preparing your heart because there are things that go on in your heart and in your soul and in your spirit that you do not even realize nor comprehend, but yet God is the one working on you. Literally, line upon line, precept upon precept, brick upon brick. He's the one building in you that strong tower. Can you say amen? So we don't want to run out now, I'm not saying if you have to go, I'm not, but listen to me. I'm telling you, folks, what happens is consumer Christianity says, okay, I'm done. I'm done. It's like a husband and a wife. Well, let's go out and eat real quick and let's have no time together. Let's actually not spend any time together in talking. Let's just go do what we need to do and then you go your way and I'll go mine. That's not a good relationship. You, a good relationship is where you're going to engage with one another and you're going to have a time of talking, a time of communication. In these times where the presence of God comes, it's very vital that the church stay ready and in this place where we are listening and waiting on the presence of God. When I first went through and found it was, it was in a church that had a revival, what happened was we're in this church, and I'll never forget it. The power and the presence of God was just in the room. And it was like, it was amazing. And the church the service had went on for like four hours. And everybody else, some, some people were tired, and they got up and left. But there was a remnant that stayed. And we stayed, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited. And no one said a word, and no one did a thing. We just stayed, and we waited on God. The church has got to come back to that. The church has got to come back to where we're not like, well, I've been there. I've experienced that. I'm good. No, no. The church has got to come back to where we stay and we wait on the Lord. Because in the process, Joshua, the son of Nun, was being prepared for the season ahead of him. And in the process, he was then able to lead them through that, pro that place of the promised land. They were able to take the promised land. They faced giants, guys. Like bona fide giants, biblical giants. And what happened was, when they faced these giants, they were well able to take them. Caleb, at 80 years old, looks at this mountain and says, I'm well able to take this mountain. He's got some people to conquer. There are some people in there that are absolutely giants, and he's going to have to go conquer that, that mountain. And he does. At 80 years old, he's saying, I'm well able. Folks, we've got to come back to that place where we are well able why? Because God is on our side. So Joshua, the son of Nun, comes into this time now where he's at the end of his life. The Bible says that he would say to the people that he's going on like the rest of the world, that he's going on like the rest of men, that the souls of men will now go into the earth. In other words, he's going to die, is what he's saying. And Joshua, he was very concerned at the end of his days for, the, for his nation. He was very concerned for his people. And what happened was he, was, he didn't want them to fall back into the idolatry that he knew they had come out of. Only Joshua and Caleb were the ones that went in. The rest of the spies stayed out. But see, there was a generation that said they're too big, they're too numerous, the promised land's too hard, it's better for us to go back to Egypt. And Joshua didn't want this new, younger generation to fall into that. But what happens is, is that in any time there is change, people usually have a problem. It's hard for us to change. 
It's hard for us to make that shift into what the next thing that God is doing. It's hard for us to understand what's taking place in our nation. What happened? And everybody wants to complain about it. Folks, we don't have time to complain. We do not have time to complain. Now is a time where we need to get busy and we need to do what the Word of God says. We need to begin to go out and do what the Word says. We need to go out. We need to vote. There's all kinds of things that we need to do. But if we just sit around and grumble and complain, we now are just literally squatting in a land that was supposed to be a land of promise. We have some giants in the land. But God has equipped us for such a time as this. Joshua 24 would say this in verse 14. Now, Joshua is addressing the, the, the nation of Israel. He says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in, in Egypt. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served, whether the gods your fathers served that were, in the, uh, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites who's, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, we have a choice every day to who we're going to serve. We have a choice every conversation to whom we're going to serve. We have a choice every, every hour of every, every minute of every hour of whom we're going to serve. Now, I, I, we just came through the series on the two towers. We were actually going for what happened was the culture that tries to get us to allow the Word of God to be like, oh, that's okay, we can grumble and complain. Or the, call, or, or the kingdom of the Word of God that says, no, this is how the righteous act. Now, we just came through those. We just came through that series. So what happens is we have to understand is that in this time, folks, we have daily choices to make. You have daily choices. You have minute-by-minute choices. And you can say, well, I've been there. I've done that. I'm good. But if you no longer hunger and thirst after God, I'm going to tell you, you will revert back to what you used to do. And what God did a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago will not work for what is going to happen now. In order for us to properly walk with God, He takes us from glory to glory. He takes us from season to season. And what I did when I was 20, I can't do now that I'm 48. Right? So I have to think smarter instead of working harder. Can you say amen? So that means I've got to do some things differently. It's just common sense. We would live as if we would equate it to our lives. There's certain things that we, as we get older, we're not going to be able to do when we were younger. I watched Judah jump up and down on this trampoline, and I watched him land on his butt and jump back up, and I'm like, I would be dead right now, right? I'm like, you know, I mean, I could just see me kind of like trying to stretch out, and dust just kind of, you know, starts at every joint. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? So what happens? There's certain things I can't do now. I'm not against it, and I'm not saying, oh, gloom, despair, and agony on me. No, no, no. I'm simply saying there's a different time in my life now. So when we understand the seasons of God, we understand the different things that God is doing. So we have to realize what he did five years ago, two years ago, one year ago, is not going to be the same today. So we have to follow after him and be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, 14. Those who are the sons of God, these are the ones, that, I'm sorry, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we have to be led by the Spirit of God into what he is doing day in and day out. Now we know that what's happening is, is that the world is coming and the world is increasing and the Antichrist spirit is increasing in the land. All over the world is happening. Our friends in, in, in different persecuted nations, I can't say right now, but the ones in different nations, they actually have a, um, um, warrants out for their arrest, if I could put it that way. They have a hit on them is what they do. And there's, there's actual contracts to get, if you get this guy, if you kill him, give, bring me his head, I'll give you this much money. We have that kind of stuff happening and in a more intense way than what we ever had before. reason I'm telling you that is because I want you to have a worldview of the church. Does that make sense? Let's not just think Mid-Ohio Valley. Let's not just think the, you know, where we're at right here. Let's think the worldview of the church. The church has got to be ready, that we've got to understand. We are in a time right now where we have people who are saying, you don't have to serve God that fervently. Well, it just says right here, it says, if it seems evil to you 
to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. If it seems evil for you to be sold out to the Lord and for you to give your all for the Lord, well, then you choose for yourself whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going after God. As for me and my house, I'm not backing down. I'm going after God. As for me and my house, if it's just us alone, we're going after God. Why? Because He alone is worthy. I'm sold out all the way. There is no going back. I'm sold out all the way. I'm not going back to what I used to do. And I'm not going to allow the sins of yesterday to affect the sins of today because I'm not going to go back into them. Even when the gas is $10 a gallon, I'm not going to grumble and complain because my God says that He is more than enough for me. He is my provision. He is my portion. And He gives me wisdom beyond my years so that I would understand how I could be young and I could be old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seen begging for bread. So I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to come to God and I'm going to begin to seek him and say, how do I do it from here? Where do I go from here? What is my next step from here? Because what I did last year is not going to work for what I need to do today. Can you say amen? So I'm getting ready for what God wants to do. So I choose to serve the Lord. My choice is I'm sold out. I'm going after him. I'm not going after anything else. I'm going after him. And when we understand this, we are in a time right now where literally the church is being swayed left and right by all kinds of extenuating circumstances. I want to tell you something. The greatest freedom you can have is when you turn off your social media and you begin to get in the Word of God and you begin to seek Him and you begin to pray and you begin to search for Him and you begin to seek His face and the Spirit of God begins to speak to you through the Word of God and you begin to understand the seasons and times that we're in and you begin to realize the strategy that God has for us and you look at hard times ahead and say no no God's already made a way he's already made a way I'm going to step on into that way and I'm going to walk in it amen he is the way he is the truth he is the life amen could you turn the air up in here please so it shuts off let's go to Joshua chapter 1 In Joshua chapter 1, let's just go at verse 1. It says, And after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the, the, the children of Israel. See, there's a land that God has given you. Amen? There, the mid-Ohio Valley, God has given you. We have some people who drive two hours. That land is given to us. What does that mean? That means that the people that are in that land are our assignment, and we are to go after them. Do you know that there are souls attached to your name? Do you know that there are unsaved people who are attached to your name? And you are the one to go and witness to them. You are the one to begin to speak to them the words of eternal life. Not me, you. Why? Because God called you for such a time as this. Amen? Now, to some of you, that may be absolutely like a punch in the face, right on the chin. You're like, I don't like this at all. Praise the Lord. To others, this may be like, oh, this is great. What do I need to do from here? Because here's the thing about it, is that we are in a season right now where nominal Christianity won't, won't flow. It's a time for a people, for a people to fervently seek after the heart of God. It's a time for a people to realize that what happened yesterday is now dead. What's going to happen today is we have to take the land. I'm not talking about guns and pitchforks and all that stuff. I'm talking about literally take the land for Jesus. If you win a, if you win a land, if you win a people in a land, you have taken that land. People will then begin to listen to the heart of God. They will then, will then begin to listen to the Spirit of God. And God has room for them to move. But it takes a people saying, I'm willing to go. I'm praying right now that your faith is being stirred up. I'm praying right now that you're beginning to say, this really is happening today. I'm praying right now that you understand that you are here for such a time as this, that you are not a mistake. You should not wish that these times would not come upon you, but you should understand this is the time, this is the hour, and we are going through it. Can you say amen? So it says now, it says, um, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. 
And I, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness uh, and, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all, of the, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory, and no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now this is, this is very important. As God was with us in times past, he's going to be with us now. As God was with generals of the faith in times past, he's going to be with us now. God is going to be with us now in these days that we live in. It says, be strong. It says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. It says, be strong and of good courage. For this people, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to, your, to, the, to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. And do not turn from it to the right hand or left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Listen, the changes of our life, we all go through changes in our lives. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. You may be going through a real trial right now. Listen, be strong and of good courage. Your God is with you. Can you say amen? So when we understand that God is with us, we then begin to realize that there is a a reality that we need to walk in. And that substance of faith that we would talk about earlier in Ephesians chapter 6, that substance of faith that begins to where we are strong in the power of His might. So I'm going to walk in the power of His might. That substance of faith says I'm by faith. I'm going to walk in the truth of everything that God says for me. I'm going to walk in His word. I'm going to walk in understanding. And I'm going to choose God in every step of the way. I'm going to choose him no matter what's happening, no matter what situations are going on. I'm going to choose him. And people can be all doomsday and everything. But anytime there's a doomsday thing, anytime there's bad stuff that happens, we see through the word of God that he always prepares a remnant. He always prepares a remnant. He always, Noah literally was was in a place where he's building an ark for a flood that was coming. And yet the remnant, eight people were saved from destruction. The remnant was saved. Folks, I'm telling you right now that the church has got to understand we are coming into this time where the remnant is literally coming down to the place of saying, I have to choose Jesus in every way I go, every, everything I do. I have to choose him. If things are going on right now in the world, and you're saying, well, how are we going to handle it financially? I'm going to choose Jesus. Come on, I'm going to choose Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I choose Jesus. God always separates and prepares and, and protects a remnant. You have to realize that. We are living in times right now where, folks, you may see people fall away. Matthew chapter 24 talks about this. I just want to read this to us real quick. Matthew chapter 24. I believe that we're living in these days. Now, we've been living in the last days since the resurrection. Can you say amen? So I'm not trying to say he's coming back tomorrow, but I'm telling you this is what we are seeing. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, it says... And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of the wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Folks, everything that's going on, see that you are not troubled. Don't be worried about it. Understand this is what the, the word said. For these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So the end isn't yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. That's happening. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. See, we have more earthquakes now that are happening. In the last 10 years, they've they've multiplied at astronomical rates. We have tornadoes that are happening. We have all kinds of storms that are taking place. We have natural disasters that are happening. Why is this happening? Because this is the beginning of the end. 
I'm not afraid, but I realize I've been called here for such a time as this. That means that the church is not to hunker down and hide away and put our, stick our heads in the sand. That means that the church is to realize, no, no, now's the time to go out. We are, God is equipping an army to go out. And here's the thing about it is some people say, well, I don't want to be part of the army. I just want to be in the good old boy club. Well, guess what? That's not going to last. That's not going to last at all. You won't find that lasting when it comes to the kingdom of God. You'll find that will be by the wayside. You'll be deceived because you've been in the good old boy club and not been in the relationship with Jesus. But what God's looking for is he's looking for a people who are saying, I'm absolutely after everything you have for me, Lord. I want you, Jesus. I want you. I choose you in everything. When the situations and circumstances arise, we still stay strong. Be strong and of good courage. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. And of good courage. So we are to be strong and of good courage in these times. We are to be strong and of good courage and not walk in fear. We are to be strong and of good courage and not be overcome by the situations and circumstances. We may see all kinds of things happen around us, but we have to remain in that place where we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen? So in every second of every day, I choose Jesus. In every second of every day, I choose Him. In every second of every day, when, the gla- when they tell me the gas is going high, I choose Jesus. When they say this is happening in our nation, I choose Jesus. Because I'm not going to allow myself to grumble and complain and remove God from the situation and say it's all hopeless. Because as long as we're in the land of the living, there is hope. As long as we're in the land of the living, we still have a chance for God to move upon our lives. We still have a chance that God would do something through us that would change everything around us. And we would begin to see God move in supernatural ways. I believe that he's still the same supernatural God that created the heavens and the earth. I still believe that he's the same supernatural God that would raise Jesus from the dead. I still believe that he's still the same supernatural God that would free a man from prison. I still believe that he's the same supernatural God that would heal, cleanse, and deliver and set free. Amen? See, when we understand that, we realize, okay, this is where we're at. And we are in a time such as this. To me, this is when I love, I mean, I just come alive in these times. Because it's like, this is what we're called to. This is where we are going to begin to see God move supernaturally. And all we have to do is say yes. Amen? Has anybody ever ridden the roller coaster or ridden a roller coaster and you're like, you got talked into it and you got up to the very top and you're like, this was a really bad idea, but you're, you're, you're in the ride already and there's no getting off the ride. You're on it now, right? And all of a sudden it just goes, whoosh, right? Well, guess what? You're on an adventure with the roller coaster of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So what happens is you may say, well, yeah, God, I'm in it. I'm in it. And then you may say later on, this was a really bad idea. Guess what? Now's the time. Now's the time. That's why our services, let me just explain some things. On Wednesday nights, our services have been changing considerably. Because what we've been doing is we've really had a lot more interaction with God and it's more been hands-on for the people so that we all can come together and grow. We all can grow in this because we're in a time right now where the Lord is wanting the church to be ready because, folks, the equipping of the saints has to happen. Amen? Listen, the day may come where you may have to cast out a devil. (gasps) Yeah, really, you. Well, how do I do that? That's why you need to know. Because I may not be available. You may call somebody else and they may be working. We, we may not be available. And that thing's, that thing's manifesting on you. You're going to have to figure out real quick, grab a hold of God and say, I choose you, Jesus, and cast out the devil. Praise the Lord. You may have to lay hands on someone who needs healing. And you may have to do it, and there may not be anybody else. You're going to have to be the one to do it. You may have to pray for someone whose spouse has just passed on, and they're absolutely devastated at the loss of their spouse. You may have to be the one to pray for them. Amen? Because God's called the body. We're to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like a good worker. See, you're a good worker. You can go out in the harvest field and you can pray and you can begin to minister to people. This is what God has called the church to. See, when we just step back and think, well, it's just about them being big and me coming here and I'll do my religious thing. See, no, no, that doesn't do anything. 
But when we come in and we are equipped and trained and we're ready to go out, folks, there's going to be more that God's going to do through you and with you than you could ever fathom or believe. Don't sit back and say, well, I wish I had their life. No, no. Start looking at what God's going to do in yours. Amen? And it's going to put you in uncomfortable situations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, those times of being uncomfortable is where you're going to grow most. Right? That's where you're going to begin to grow in God. You may say, well, I don't really want those times. Well, you can either be uncomfortable with God or you can be uncomfortable without God. You're still going to be uncomfortable. I would rather be with God all the way. We're in a time right now where there's all kinds of doubt that's coming against us. We're, time, we're in a time right now where the world is trying to bring fear. It's trying to bring doubt. It's the Antichrist spirit. And it's trying to get worry and all these things to happen. And what we have to realize and what we have to understand is this, is that we are still to be strong. I still choose Jesus. I'm not going to listen to the doubt. I choose Jesus. I'm not going to listen to the fear. I choose Jesus. When all things are happening and all things are taking place and all, my, all the finances are going crazy, what's going to happen? We choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I choose Jesus. Now look at them and smile real big and say, I choose Jesus. There you are. So when fear tries to creep around, I choose Jesus. When people say all hope is gone, all hope is left, I choose Jesus. Come on, guys. This is where we have to begin to engage with the Lord. When in the various societies that we look at this and say, how would this moral decay happen? I choose Jesus. I'm not, I can sit here and be dumbfounded and go, well, I can't believe this happened. Why would he let this happen? Or I can look at this and say, I choose Jesus. I choose to do something about this. Amen? I may mean that I may have to stand against the grain or go against the current, but guess what? I choose Jesus. He went against the current, so I can too. Amen? That means that I'm going to come into a place where I realize He is the God Most High. He is the Lord Almighty. So I'm going to choose Him in every step of the way. I'm not going to look at anything else. I realize what the Scripture says about me. It says that greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. So no matter how big the current is, my God is bigger. This, let me say it this way. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So no matter how big that current is coming against you, your God is bigger. Your God is greater. Your God is stronger than anything you could ever face in your life. He will get you through. He alone is your strength and your source. He alone is the very one who upholds you by his righteous right hand. He alone is the one that will move you into the place where you never thought you could go before. And even in the times of adversity, he'll still move you there. And when you look back and you say, I don't know how it was, but by the hand of God. So when we come back into this and we begin to realize now's not the time to step back and go what used to do, what we used to do. Now's the time. Listen, there is a fresh faith to engage. Can I tell you how to begin to engage in faith? Can I just share this with you? Some of you may already know this, so I'm not trying to go over something you don't know. But for those who don't, let's go over this, okay? So those of you who already know and have already arrived, just smile and praise the Lord, okay? So, but what happens is this is that when we come in and we're going to talking about engaging with God, what we're literally talking about is that when we are in service, we are looking for God in every situation, in every, in every song, in every beat. I'm not looking at Erica and going, well, that's Erica. I'm looking and I'm realizing we are in a, we are, the roles have now changed. Anybody, anybody parents in here? You notice how, you know, when you, when you, before you were dad or mom, you had a different role. But when you became dad or mom, now your roles changed. And it's the same thing. So roles change. I'm not talking religious. I'm talking understanding of the roles. When I come in here, I'm, I'm coming in to worship the Lord. So when, she's, when the praise and worship team's up here singing, they should realize my role is not to be just coming up here and doing my thing. My role is to come up here and I'm, I'm going to exalt the Lord. That is my role. What is our role as a congregation? Our role is to come along and exalt the Lord in the process as well. What happens when God begins to speak to us prophetically? Our role is to listen and hear what the Spirit of God is saying and not go, oh, they're doing that again. That's lukewarmness. If you do that... You're already lukewarm. God will vomit you out of his mouth. 
You may not like that, but that's where we're at. See, the reality is that my role then is to come in and I'm, I'm, I'm hungering, I'm thirsting. I'm wanting to, I'm looking for whatever wisdom will come. So I went out to Whitehorse and I met with Pastor Jeff and I met with Ted Albrecht, who is from Cambodia. And I'm out there and we had the men's meeting the first night. And, and uh, Pastor Jeff sits down in front of me, kind of in front of the row here, and he begins to talk, and he just starts talking about a few things. And in the process of him talking, immediately, just in conversation, I get the answer that I'm asking about. Why? Because I'm engaging with faith, by faith, for God to give me the answer. I'm engaging by faith for God to show me what the next steps are. I'm engaging by faith of saying, Lord, what do I do from here? I'm looking and I'm searching. I'm saying, God, whatever you want. And the Lord had this, had this divine appointment for us to go out there. And we did have a divine appointment. We had divine weekend. And God began to speak to us about things to come and things to happen. You see, when we understand that we are to engage in all of our lives, when we choose Jesus every second of every minute of every day, then at that point in time, we're engaging every day. I'm looking for God to move in every area of my life all day long. Can you say Amen. I'm not looking for something maybe one time in my life. Nope, I'm looking for it every day. Look at your neighbor and say, look for it every day. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in what he's saying. Be strong in what his word says. Be of good courage. Don't lack in faith when the world comes against you. Don't sit there and say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But understand what the will of God is. When the Lord moves on you to begin to pay for someone's gas and you're like, this is ridiculous. And your mental mental faculties are going crazy. You're going to be strong in the Lord and be courageous and be strong in the power of his might. And you're going to do what the Lord says. And you're going to go up to someone, you're going to pay for their gas. Why? Because it's what God called you to. Listen, if you're squeezing George Washington so hard that tears are coming out of his eyes, I want to tell you right now, your heartbeat is connected to your wallet. And immediately you've got problems. We've already taken up the offering, so no no reason to get mad. Not mad. I'm just simply saying, that's the problem that we face today. Well, you're going to be a God that I create. You can save me, but I don't have to do what you say. That's not, that's not scripture. I'm going to keep a hold of my money and keep a hold of it. It'll perish with you. That's what will happen. I'm not after your money. Like I said, I've already taken it up. But I'm just telling you, the church can't come back to this place to where I'm not going to choose mammon. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose him and him alone. I'm not going to sit here and try to act like everything's okay when if there's something wrong. I'm going to, I want God. I'm coming up and I'm saying, Lord, I want you. I choose you. The church has got to come to the place of understanding that we are in a time right now where you are here upon the earth to literally live out that time where you will see the goodness of God overtake you in the land of the living. You may say, well, I've had so many tragic things happen in my life, and I have no doubt that they are tragic. But the reality is this, is that he is still good. And as long as you are in the land of the living, there is still hope. As long as you are in the land of the living, there is still hope. The Bible would go on to say that I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So no matter what I'm seeing around me, I still believe I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I still believe I'm going to engage. And in every service, I'm going to encounter the living God. And in every service, I'm going to encounter the real thing. I don't want to just go in and say, well, I had a nice service. I want the deeper things of God to be revealed to me so that I can go into the deep things of God and really really began to make a difference in my area, in my local town, my local village, my local region. I want to make a difference everywhere I go because he alone is worthy. So when the world and even the religious church tries to tell you to shut your mouth, you look at them and say, I choose Jesus. You thought I was undignified before? Wait, I'm about to get even more undignified. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. you got to break out of this place where you're in and say, well, this is nice. Don't say this is nice. I know we're all from German, Scandinavian descent, but don't just look at this and say, oh, no, we want to engage with God and say, Lord, I want everything you have for me. Everything you have for me. I'm going to be the one who says, Lord, I choose you. I'm going to be the one who says, God, everything you have for me, let it be unto me according to your will. What happens in those hard times? Well, what did Jesus do? Lord, if this cup can pass before me, 
That's great. But if not, let it be unto me according to your will. Some of you, some of you are called to trials you don't want to go through. Some of you are called into trials you don't want to go through, but you got to go through them. Because it's the proving of the Lord to you. It's the proving of the Lord over you. And if you don't step in and go through the trials and go through the hardships, or your faith will not be tested. I didn't plan on going here, but go with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at verse 3. Some of you have to go through the trials because you've got to understand the Lord's leading you through. He's leading you through into victory. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. Your inheritance is incorruptible and undefiled. It has not been defiled. That does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready for the, to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though, for, though now for a little while, if indeed you have been grieved by various trials. See, the, the whole church, the whole, it's, 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 it's not realistic for us to think we're never going to go through a trial. It's not realistic for us to think that going through various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. See, the trials test our faith by fire. The trials test our faith. And yes, this talks about when we stand before God at the judgment seat, but these trials test our faith so that what happens is they're tested by fire and we're able to step in and understand we're walking in something that's pure. We're walking in something that's genuine. We're walking in something that's so valuable that your faith being much more, much, much more precious than gold with perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to, the, to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. So when you go through the trials and you go through the storms, here's why. Because in the end of it, it's still to the praise, honor, and revelation of Jesus. You're still glorifying God in all that you do and all that you're going through. You still glorify God. Because here's the reality of it, folks, is that when the church begins to step back and say, no, no, I don't want to do this, then you've not been properly equipped for the day that, you're at, that is at hand. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, which we just read a little bit ago, that we are to stand against the wiles of the enemy. That we are to stand in these evil days. Folks, we need to stand in this evil day and not allow complacency and lukewarmness to fill your heart. That's the biggest thing you're going to face right now. Can I tell you what's happened with the, and the Antichrist spirit has come upon the church? is complacency. Complacency to do nothing. Complacency to have no urgency. Complacency to say, well, this is nice. Complacency to say, I don't have to worry about a strategy. It's going to be as good as it always been. No, that's not the case. Things are changing and things are different. And you've got to realize you've got to move with the Lord because what's happening now as a church has got to be ready. Look at our school systems and what's taking place. I'm very thankful for our local schools. I'm very thankful for them. I'm not condemning them. But I'm saying if you look at the, the world and look at what's happening in our school systems, look at how the teachers are so overwhelmed. Look at all the students and what's taking place and the lack of just literally structure in their lives. What has taken place? And the teachers are saying, I can't keep going on some of this. we got people who are quitting their jobs because the younger generation is too lazy to do something. And so we've got to be a people who say, I've been called for such a time as this even though it may be hard even though it may be difficult I'm going to stand in this evil day I'm going to be the standard of righteousness that this generation needs to see I'm going to be the one who says I choose Jesus in all of it when I choose Jesus in all of it I'm saying no matter what comes my way no matter what accusations are made no matter how bad things get I still choose Jesus I want to share this, this, this testimony with you. These, uh, this is back in 1900, early 1900s. These missionaries that went to Africa, and they said, and I think I shared this here before, but they had been supported and things happened and the, 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 the support wasn't there like it was. And so these missionaries met 
at this place. And the, the head missionary said, the head, the head of the organization said, we don't have finances to fund your, your going out. There's no way we can fund you. And the missionaries, they, pre- they fasted and they prayed for two days. I believe it was two days. It might have been three. And they said, they came back and they're still in the conference. And they said, we're still going to go. Because we need to go and we need to tell people about the Lord. We'll give our life as unto the Lord. See, that's the kind of faith we're talking about. That's the kind of faith that says, no matter what happens, I choose Jesus. They would report later, later on, report that they would die of starvation, but they would lead so many people to the Lord that would also die of starvation. They would give their lives so that people could come to Christ. Y'all hear me? They would give their lives so that people would come to Christ. Like right now, you need to be grabbing a hold of this, and you need to realize what's going on right now. There's a reality of the kingdom of God. Are you going to have to give your life? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that mentality, that mindset has to come into the body of Christ. We have to realize, listen, when I got saved, I got saved, and I was a mess. Anybody else in here was a mess besides me? I was a mess. I mean, I was flat out, I was, I mean, Lord, have mercy. But praise God, by His grace, I was redeemed. And what happened was I said, I just choose Jesus. Each day, I just choose Jesus. Each day, I just choose Jesus. And I made my mistakes, sure, still do. But each day, I still choose Jesus. See, folks, we've got to come back to this place to where we just choose Jesus. Whatever you want to make of my life, that's fine. I don't care. I just choose you. I just choose you, Lord. He wants a people that's going to choose him. He wants a people that's going to choose him and really begin to walk with him. He wants a people who says, I choose you. You're the only wisdom that I have. You're the only one that I need. You're the only one that I can truly come here with. You're the only one. But the church has got to say, I'm willing. I'll be the one. I choose you, Jesus. You have to make that choice yourself. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about that that mindset that says, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Muslims will pray multiple times a day and face a certain direction. I'd get lost. But they face a certain direction. I've been in Muslim countries, and that, that, those prayers go off, and it's just like, you know, kind of like grates against you pretty well. Your spirit's stirred up. It's like this is not even godly. But what happens is, is that in these Muslim countries, can I tell you what the, what, the, what the church does? Is the church prays harder. Well, they're not going to pray for an hour. They're going to pray for two. They're not going to go pray for 10 minutes. They're going to pray for 30. Not because it works, but because they're saying, I need Jesus. Like, I'm so dependent upon him. I have to have him right now. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Joshua would say, choose you this day whom you will serve. If you think it's bad to serve the Lord, then you choose. You choose for yourself where your family's going to go. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We choose Jesus. And that's the way it is in here. Listen, in this church, we choose Jesus. I realize we've had slack. I realize people have said things. I realize some people are like, I don't know why they do that and why they sing like that and why they allow people to prophesy. I don't know why they... I choose Jesus, guys. I choose Jesus. You can keep your religion. I choose to follow him in the way he's told me to do things. I choose Jesus. If if you don't like it, I'm probably not the place for you. But if if you want it, let's go after Jesus. Because I want everything of him. I don't want anything else. I just want Jesus. Religion has got us nowhere. But man, when it comes down to the kingdom of God, whew. There, there's where we're going to find the blessings of the Lord. That's where we're going to begin to walk and do things. And yes, it's going to be work. And yes, I still choose Jesus in the midst of it. Yes, those people are going to be high maintenance. Yes, babies still make messes. Praise the Lord. You know, I had someone tell me once, they were like, we had, we had children who were in a section of the church they're now our teens, but they were in the section of the church, and some of us that have been here in the old sanctuary remember this, but they would go up in this section, and praise and worship would be going on, 
And these kids would scream at the top of their lungs the whole worship service. They would worship God screaming at the top of their lungs. And I remember I had someone come in and they said, you need to get control of those kids. And it was an older person, uh, not an, an older person of ministry who had came in and said this. And I said, also, they can be domesticated. No, let them scream all the more. And so these kids were up there just screaming at the top of their lungs. And people would come in, and they'd kind of laugh a little bit, and they'd watch them. And as they'd watch them, these kids would just be worshiping God. And I'll never forget, I looked back at this one person who came in. And this person came in, and they're watching these kids. And this person was drunk. And this person is just weeping, man. Just weeping. And, they, and I went back, and the church was a lot smaller then. I went back, and, and I said, are you okay? And they're like, I've never seen kids do something like this for Jesus. And they, they just sat there and just wept. The alcohol was so strong on them. They just wept. Because they encountered the living God. See, we have to come back to choosing Jesus. Don't come in here just to try to check in and check out. Come in here to engage with us. Come in here to engage so that what happens is when you have maybe Shonda on the guitar and she's worshiping and she's screaming at the top of her lungs or singing at the top of her lungs, sorry, and she's just really going at it and she's really just singing, folks, that we would sing with her and not go, wow, man, her voice is so pretty. Isn't that nice? No, because that's not what she does it for, do you? We do it for the Lord. We do it so that what happens is he's glorified. So that what happens is that we can just catch a glimpse of him. I choose Jesus. That's what I choose. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Today, you're here, and um, you have been in a place where you've been in that needing to choose Jesus and go deeper. See, the Lord's, Becky had a word here several weeks ago, I'm sorry, a couple days ago, and um, that the Lord was bringing a refining, He was refining us. That's what's going on. He's refining us, and He's bringing us back to the simplicity of the gospel, I'm just saying I choose Jesus. I, I don't need to pray for you. It's not one of those types of things. This is just one of those things where we just have to realize, okay, I, I choose Jesus. So we're here and we've got those things that are going on and you're saying, I don't have that fire like I used to have it. And I've been distracted and I've even been discouraged by the situations and circumstances that are going on in the world. And I've chosen to do things of the world, grumble, complain, murmur, back, you know, all the different things that happen rather than choosing Jesus. You know, I've chosen, I've chosen to walk away from the trials I don't really want to go through, but I'm telling you right now today that the Lord is calling some of you in here, you're going to have to go through the trials. I know it's not fun, but it's a reality. I know it's not the gospel that's sometimes preached here in America, but this is the truth. There are various trials that we are going to go through. We're all called to them. You, can't, you have to be able to have the whole armor of God to stand in that evil day. So what we're going to do is just simply this, is that we are going to, as a church, we have to decide individually, but as a church, what we're going to choose. And we have to decide if we're going to choose the world, we're going to choose Jesus. That's something that only you can decide. So I'm just going to pray. And as I pray, listen, you're here and you're saying, well, I just, I really, I, there's so much going on in my head. I can't get all this. I can't get all that. Let me tell you something. One of the best things you can do is get, get yourself out of the way. Sometimes you got to move yourself to get out of the way so that you can really encounter God. Because sometimes your own religiosity is your biggest distraction and your biggest hindrance. So you're here today, and I'm just going to pray, and as I pray, you're saying, I want to choose Jesus and everything. And just, I just want you to raise both hands with me, and we're just going to go after God with everything. And this is a time where we go after God. You may say, well, I don't really want to do all this stuff. 
we're probably not the place for you. I'm not being mean, but we're probably not the place for you. Because if you think things are kind of wild now, just wait. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So, Father, I pray today that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would be a people, Lord, who would go after you with everything. God, I pray that we would be a people who would choose you in every step of the way. I pray, God, that you would move in our lives in, in, in ways and circumstances that we have not ever known before. Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would move upon every heart here today. I pray, Father, that we would choose you, Lord God, above us, above our own minds, above our own intellect, above our own opinions, above our own, our own circumstances, Lord, that we choose you. And Lord, we even choose you, even in the midst of the trials that we may have to go through. God, we choose you. We choose you. We choose you over the addictions that we may have. We choose you over the different things that may be have us bound. Father, we choose you. We choose you over the alcohol. We choose you over the, the drugs, the tobacco. We choose you over the addiction to porn. We choose you over every addiction, Father. We choose you over the addiction to even re- be re- rejection or self and, and, and self-harm. Lord, we choose you. We choose you. We choose you over every other place, over every other person, over every other way. We choose you, Jesus. Father, I pray right now that as you see the hands that are raised, God, that you move upon them. I pray, God, for a fresh infilling of faith like we have never known before. God, I pray for a fresh rejuvenation of your holy fire upon us like we have not seen before. God, I pray that you take us in ways that we have never experienced and take us through things, Lord God, that we have only dreamed of. Father, take us in this time, Father. Let us be the laborers in your harvest field. We choose you in all of it. Now just take just a minute here and just in your own words just begin to speak to the Lord. Tell Him how you choose Him over the situations, over the circumstances. Tell Him. Father. Some may ask, well, why do I have to do this to, to show that I'm, I'm, I choose the Lord? It's a public confession of faith. <laughs> Bible would go on in Joshua and say, uh, stand strong and be counted. Or being counted today. I choose you, Jesus. I choose you. Father, I pray for your blessing upon every person here, Lord God. That fresh fire would be upon us. That fresh wind would come upon us. Breathe life back into our sails again, Father. Let us not be moved by the situations or circumstances, but let us choose you. That you would give us strategies. That you would open up the council chambers. Isaiah chapter 11 says that the spirit, spirit of the Lord rested upon him, spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, spirit of counsel and of might. In order for you to walk out in the might of God, you need the counsel of God to direct you. So we pray right now for that counsel, that spirit of counsel to be upon us, that the spirit of might would come. Great faith would be released through you in the days ahead. Great faith to overcome the obstacles and situations that you're facing. Great faith to stand in the midst of the trials you're facing. You would walk in the blessings of God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Now you're here and you still are needing healing in your body. I just want to ask you to go ahead and come on forward. If you want to stay here and just, just... rest in the presence of God for just a few minutes, I would encourage you to do so. If not, you need to leave. I understand that.
But if you need healing still in your body, just go ahead and come on forward. We're going to minister healing to you. If not, we can, we'll keep the music on. We can stay for as long as you want. I want to encourage you to set yourself up to where you're willing to stay and just rest in God. Stay in His presence. I, I'm not trying to force you to do something to be religious. Scripture says, Joshua the son of Nun, when Moses would lead the tent of meeting, Joshua the son of Nun would stay. He was being prepared. Folks, we need to be prepared in this season. What happens is supernatural, and I can't, I, I don't know everything that happens. I'm not, I'm not God himself. But I can tell you that God knows. And the scripture talks about what happens when we come to the presence of God and how he meets us face to face. So if you need healing in your body, still come, go ahead and come on forward. If not, we're going to go ahead and, and you are dismissed. If you want to stay here and just rest in the presence of God and, and just stay, please, by all means, do. If you need to leave, God bless you. We love you. We'll plan on seeing you on Wednesday. God is good and he's faithful. Amen. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. We're proud of you. We believe that God's got good things in store for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.